Rush is back. Final hour. Teddy Lehman here. Travis Davidson coming to us from Tulsa. Connor and I are here at the uh, KREF Studios in Norman. Tons of news today. Dylan Gabriel's back. Uh, we've got transfer portals, re- transfer portal recruits in. Um, those visits have to take place by Sunday, so it's going to be busy around here. And um, uh, we'll have a better idea of of what's going to happen. I, I imagine both the guys coming in for visits and guys that have just quickly entered the transfer portal after playing their bowl games, the decisions are going to start coming fast and furious. So my guess is by Monday – we're going to have uh, a different-looking roster. Uh, I believe there's six to eight roster spots available for transfer portal guys. Now, that doesn't mean that we're going to have six to eight new guys on roster um, You know, by the, the start of classes. You know, they could still leave the door open for the post-spring transfer portal stuff like we added Booty last year. I think we added Davis Bevel last year. Uh, anyone else, Travis, that you can think of that were late additions in the transfer portal? Oh, man. I mean, those two had most of the headlines. So, oh, I would have to think. I know Colden showed up later, but, I, I mean, he, I think he right. transferred early. He just was. He just didn't show up until the summer. Um, I think that's, that's really – that's really what grabbed the headlines because you're late ad guys, you know, you're not necessarily probably counting on them really playing without that kind of spring development or at least playing big time. But I mean, no, not a lot of other positions get the, well, no other positions get the attention that quarterback does. And especially not when one of the guy's name is booty. Right. Are there any other, uh, 23 class, guys that are unsigned you know the it's the early signing period that we witnessed um there still is the later signing period so some guys do wait are there is there anyone out there I know there's some unsigned guys but is there anyone out there that Oklahoma is still recruiting or in on yeah not that jump off the you know jump out right now I do know they're They've obviously got some room. There's no doubt about it. But um, I, I think much like we saw last year, so many other things that can affect these 2023 kids have yet to happen, right? Because what do, what do people say while they commit? Oh, man, I think I can get on the field early. Well, what if the place uh, that you haven't signed to but you are committed, um, what if they just took a couple transfer portal guys at your position with a bunch of eligibility left? What if your position coach left, like Michigan State's defensive line coach uh, is supposed to be going to Georgia Tech or went to Georgia Tech? You know, what? You know, there, there's new offensive coordinator moves. There's there's all these moving parts that, that have to do with if a guy wants to be there or not. So, yeah, you're going to have some guys uh, come available late in the cycle. Um, I'm not sure if there's going to be any, you know, Nicholas Harbor type guys, you know, big five-star mm. guys, but uh, certainly some pieces that you can add late to the class, much like we did last year. Where's Harbor going? Man, he won't release like an official top schools or whatever, but he's like South Carolina, USC, um, I think Oregon's in there. He's a big 
Um, he's a stud track athlete. Actually, when he was here, um, when he was here on his visit, he actually took visit photos in like his in the track getup as well as like football pads and everything like that. So um, he likes Oregon a lot for that reason. Um, but you know, he's he's bounced around between I think like five or six schools right now. To be honest, if I was him. I would have a very difficult time not running track. Right. <laughs> he's like, right now, he's like 6'6", like 230 pounds, isn't he? Or bigger? Is he even heavier than that? I think he's. I think it's like 240 two maybe, perhaps. Yeah. He's, he's a big old boy. I mean, it's very much like a DK Metcalf-like situation. Like, not only is he just... He's bigger than DK Metcalf. Well, I'm just saying, like, from a physically impressive right. standpoint, I've got it right here. It's Oregon, South Carolina, Michigan, Maryland, and, and USC. Um, and what's he listed? Been, what's his weight say on that? Um, that was That's just on his Instagram, uh, so let me look at it right he's here. He's like a Calvin Johnson uh, type of dude, and I think he looks Six, Well, this has him at 6'5", 225. Okay. He looks bigger than that, but he, I don't know. man. He runs a 228 in the 100. Uh, a ten twenty eight in the in the hundred, yeah. A ten two eight in the hundred, yeah. Yeah, well, it, and he's eighteen years old, seventeen, eighteen years old, man. It, that is incredible speed, and who knows how fast he could be. And you can make on the international level, you can make so much more money in track if you if. But it's hard. You got to be the guy. You got to be right, the right. guy, and with some of those numbers and how young he is and how heavy he is, like if he was to lean down and lose twenty pounds, whoo, that's crazy. Um, that's going to be a fun player to watch, uh, no matter where he goes. Yeah, he's on that. And honestly, if Jamar Kane were still here, um, we would be one of those finalists, no doubt. He was the one that had. Uh, had Harbor's ear um, when it was at Oklahoma. Um, not to, I guess, bring up uh, you know any uh, any ships that have sailed. But speaking of ships that have sailed, we've got this text from the 405. Uh, hasn't the Harrington ship sailed? Um, no. I uh, trying to figure out a way to say it. I'll I'll just I'll just say I'll just say this. He he is expected to definitely be in the mix next year uh as either a starter or a very heavy rotational player. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you uh really eased into that one. Well, well, I mean <laughs> I don't I I don't want to I was thinking about saying who I had the conversation with, but uh, I got you. Uh, I would say uh, a, a coach that is very influential over the defense is who I had the conversation <laughs> with. <laughs> you, listeners, you can connect the dots however you feel. I'm sure the text line can guess. Um, I'll tell you but, what, but I, things I, always. I mean, things can change. You know, right, th that's right. there. There's there's um, you're you're always expecting development. You're expecting. You know, guys to to understand the defense better, to continue to to improve. Like there there are things that are not guarantees, and 
you know, I don't think it's a guarantee by any chance for for Harrington, but he, I would say he's he's going to have the opportunity to definitely be in the mix. So, right, and and again, like we like we've been talking about, there's no guarantees of who's even going to be on the roster when when next season starts. I mean, we're still in the middle of the first part of the transfer. We're in the middle of the 2023 recruiting cycle. Obviously we had a ton of people sign, but we will be adding bodies. Um, yeah. It's still, and, still... And we may not be done um, with guys from Oklahoma entering the transfer portal. Yeah, yeah absolutely you know, I, not. I think there could be, you know, I think defensively there could be, um, you know, maybe another guy jump in the portal at some point we'll see uh and you know that may happen it may happen soon and it may not happen at all but uh there may be maybe another roster spot open up on the defensive side for the portal to where maybe they add someone else and you never know who who else may jump in as well from other schools there's there's been late additions it's hard to keep up with right now i've been I've been watching it and going through it on the uh uh, 247 site and it's they're blowing up the servers at 247 with uh, all the guys jumping in the portal it's a fluid situation yep as always i'll tell you what the the text line is uh saying that they're hearing uh that oh you could lose a, a defensive starter but i'll tell you what yeah i the- think they will i think they will um i see a text there that um any chance it's key lawrence i don't think it's key lawrence well, I, it's not Key Lawrence, <laughs> which well, I don't even know that Key it was is Key Lawrence a defensive starter. Well, I mean, you'd have to determine, you know, in, in that kind of trio of safeties who you want there. Do you want Harmon with, uh, you know, Billy Bowman? Do you want RSJ? Uh, you know, does Peyton Bowen make uh, a leap? I guess I was you know, looking like, forward. To, I was I was thinking of it as we would lose a starter off of. What was this year's defense? Oh, okay, okay, yeah, and uh, I think there's I think there's a very strong possibility of that, and I I think that I think we can get better at that position. Like I don't want to say anything bad because um, I like the kid. I think he's uh, he was in a tough spot. He you know I had. Not where he initially was going to play. I had to play a little bit different of a position. You know, it's tough to learn new defenses, especially whenever you're transitioning from a from a different role to a new one. Um, you know, but I, I don't know. He's he's not in the portal yet. We'll see if it happens. I don't know. Yeah, you know, I, I got handed something yesterday in studio, um, kind of a 2022 kind of a just a fact sheet of you know the listeners you know how they're listening whether they're on desktops or androids or anything like that and uh, it says here the text line just since march uh to the end of 2022 uh 127,926 text messages <laughs> dang and I think I think that uh, we've almost eclipsed that number in this segment alone by people who are trying to guess who the defensive player is. Well, I'll tell you, there's a bunch of texts coming in right now that are guessing it correctly, and I'm not gonna uh, I'm not gonna say who it is. I don't want to I don't want to try and undercut right uh, what may or may not happen there. But texters are getting it correct. 
Um, We've got some smart textures, man. Uh, I'm uh, I'm kind of, the the Key Lawrence thing is is interesting. Um, he's going to be like whenever you. I, I'm excited about what we have going on at safety at Oklahoma. Um, obviously, Bowman I think is is poised to have what could be a really really good year next year. Um, I think that whenever you look at some of the young talent, obviously coming in, what Robert Spears Jennings had some uh, had some play this year, did some good things in some small spots, but he's got he some is physical, physical. I mean, yeah. everything you remember about him was the dude's a thumper. Yep, he's. He's got some some really good potential there. So Bowman, Robert Spears, Jennings, Key Lawrence, and then you know you've got a bunch of of guys in this class. What do we have? Three. We have three safeties. You got um, uh, the Bowen McCart- kid, McCarty, Bowen, McCarty, Vickers, and then you've got the the McCullough kid. So. Like we we've got some really good talent at safety right now, and I know I'm leaving out other guys. And I think Vickers will probably start at corner if I'm if I've been told correctly. Oh, really? But he can play safety. I mean, the dude yeah. he can play wherever you want him to play. But I I think that's what he had said. He came on a live stream with us, and I think that's where they had talked about uh, him starting out at corner. But regardless, you're right. I mean, you've got you've got a lot of good young talent back there now. Trey Morrison played played some as a. Uh... Um, as a safety out there as well. So yeah, I mean, safety is going to be. It's going to be a, a a position where they have a chance to have some dudes out there now. Um, fascinated to see how it how it kind of unfolds. Like Jaden Rowe, I'm curious to see where he ends up. Like, what's his? Is he going to be a corner? Is is he the dead set at keeping him at corner? Or is he going to start to to transition to a a position that's a little bit more in line with his body size? That dude's gigantic. He's listed on the OU website at six two two eleven, and I think all that was done preseason last year, like in August. So I think he's probably going to be knocking on the door of you know two fifteen at a minimum, probably closer to two twenty and. Like that's a, that's massive. That's a that's not a big corner. That's a big safety. Yeah. So and uh, one that run that runs like a like a ten three. He was the hundred meter state champion right. in Oklahoma and beat out some of the other some Blazers uh, from the east side of the state. Could you imagine? Uh, you know, a year or two down the road, you got six two, uh, Jaden Rowe at one corner and six three Jacoby Johnson at another, or maybe a Gentry Williams who's real tall. I think Gentry. Uh, has a good chance to to compete to be a one this coming year, but yeah, well, you've so got he some had big a, size. What was his injury situation? He had, he got he had knee surgery. He just got cleared. Um, he told me because I reached out to him right before the bowl game. He said that he had just been cleared off of uh, knee surgery, and and yeah. um, he's good to go. I just I literally I just I just got a text from him two minutes ago. Said knees back to normal. Uh, excited to compete um, this off season. So there you go. Yeah. Um, and you look at the the recruiting class that's coming in. There's some, you know, we hit on a couple of the defensive backs, but some of the maybe the lesser known names in there. Um, 
like I think like right out of the gate, you're going to have a good chance to see Kendall Dolby compete. Uh, he's a junior college kid Absolutely. from uh, Northeastern. They really like what they have in him, and you know he he's. I know it's been junior college ball, but he's going to be. He's going to be quite. He's got a, a big jump on the other guys that have signed in and are coming in. So he's a guy that you'll be expecting to be, uh, you know, jumping in the mix to see what he can do right out of the gate. Yeah, at minimum in the rotation. I, I think yeah. I think that's pretty clear. Oh man, jump. you know who I forgot to mention at safety? God, how could I be so stupid? Uh-oh. Uh oh. The Reggie Pearson transfer from Tech. Of course, yeah, how could you be so stupid? Right. I was just—I was going to say it, but I, I mean, you know, you're—you mm-hmm. know—you're the defense guy. I wanted you to be able to get there, but know. you know, you let us down, man. I'm used to it. I'm used to it. <laughs> yeah. So I think safety is going to be incredibly competitive back there. I don't know. I mean, you got to pencil in Billy Bowman as a starter. Um, after that, it's hard to know exactly. Like who all is going to factor in? Harrington, uh, Pearson, Robert Spears, Jennings, Key Lawrence, um, Peyton Bowen. You got also have the McCullough kid, uh, you know, younger brother, Jason McCullough. So, yeah, it's going to be competitive room, which at the end of the that's what you got to have, right? Those are all, I don't know what Pearson was, but. You know, in, in my opinion, because of how much football he's played and and what I've I've heard about him and what the coaches at Tech said about him, you've got to factor. He's got to be a four, high four star, right? Is about what you would grade him with what you're going to be getting. But everyone else on this list is they're all four star kids, right? Except for Peyton Bowen, who's a five star. Yes, it's pretty. That's what you want in your safety room. I mean, outside of I think McCarty's a three star, but. Um. Other than that, I mean, but but again, he's he's probably a four star if he's playing at like a Denton Geyer or something like that. Like McCarty, yeah, I think is dramatically underrated. But it's simply because he was playing at McAllister, you know. Um. So, but yeah, when you when you look at that, I mean, all the safe all the safeties we're bringing in uh, are four stars. Are even the defensive backs, um, all of them are four stars or five stars. So quality um, stuff. Okay, let's hit a quick timeout here. I see the text stacking up. Let's get to some uh, text messages on the other side. Quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. 651-3439. Stay tuned. Rush is back. Final hour. Teddy Lehman here. Connor here. We are in the ref studios. Travis Davidson joins us from T-Town. Um, here's a text from the 918. I'm a feed, shower, and change. Appreciate the uh, the update there. I don't know if that was supposed to be to us, but um, yeah, definitely. Uh, that was to the up. spouse, I think. So uh, if you're if you're listening, text text that to your spouse. <laughs> right. Um, let's see here. Uh, let me let me read this text to okay. you because this person has been sending this text for better part of a couple months now, and I'm uh, just out of respect for their time. I'm going to have you answer it as it's been addressed to you in the past. Teddy, I keep asking about our strength and conditioning results this year. Care to comment? Multiple question marks. Anyone else surprised and a bit underwhelmed by our headway after year one with Schmitty? What is going on? The guy at TCU has dominated. What gives? Uh, how do you quantify 
the ineffectiveness of Schmitty and the effectiveness of the guy at TCU has is it um is it leads dropping leads late um not being able to make the plays down the stretch yeah perhaps uh, TCU has has been able to do it but couldn't do it late against Kansas State but I just joking there um I no I'm 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 not uh, underwhelmed. I think there's a – it's like everything else. There's a bit of a process to it. Um, I think that this – I expect this offseason to be really, really good, uh, make a bunch of of gains. You know, whenever you're in season, I think strength and conditioning matters less. It's more about your practice schedule – in in guys you know being able to to make the plays late and if fatigue is a factor um i think that the strength and conditioning usually in my opinion has more to do with the discipline of a program and discipline of our program was pretty bad this season um i I would be shocked if it continues to be bad because it can't be bad. Right. And especially whenever it's what your head coach emphasizes nonstop. And I know he emphasizes it nonstop because I've been in his room as a player. I've I've been around the, the team whenever he's meeting with them and, and coaching them on the field. I I would I would be shocked if the the undisciplined play continues into next season. I'm factoring a lot of that up, maybe, maybe uh, incorrectly to a bunch of inexperience out there, but we'll see. I mean, that's one of the. I mean, there's a handful of questions with this team moving forward, and discipline is one of those at the top of the list penalties this year killed us touchdowns in all kinds of games called back touchdown well i think we had two touchdowns against texas tech called back we had a touchdown against west virginia called back we had a touchdown against florida state called back like those are all one score game three point losses and we had touchdowns called back uh, most of them for undisciplined play you know there are penalties that happen in the course of a game that you know are just going to happen there's also penalties that are unforced errors and the ones that cost us points for the most part were unforced errors so right we've got to be a more disciplined team moving forward and and that may be first and foremost so yeah i mean and i dial that up to the strength and conditioning program and i think that you know, I, I don't know. Last year, there's a bit of a transition whenever you are – I think you've got to – I think you've got to treat a team with a little bit lighter gloves whenever you're taking over a program. You've got to have a, a kind of a long vision on how difficult you're going to make it. You don't want to come in in January and February whenever you just took over the program 
and drop the damn hammer on the guys and everyone bu- jumps in the portal afterwards is like, I'm out of here. Screw that. You know what I'm saying? So I think you have to think you have to kind of establish your base and then you crank up the amplitude as you move forward. And I would expect the strength and conditioning amplitude to be cranked up. So I hope that answers the, the, uh, the text. Right. And I think in, you know, I don't want to go full blown sunshine pumper. Everything about the program was absolutely perfect. It's just an aberration that we went six and seven. We should have gone 13 or no. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying any of that. What I am saying is players have said like the offensive line, when I took them all out fishing, they said, look, only one of us could lift over 300 pounds, um, you know, prior to Schmitty. And now all of us are doing it and we're all so much stronger. We're doing this, that, and the other. And Eric Gray. I mean, look at Eric Gray. Yeah. Early in the season. What Transformation. Was the talk? What was the talk, Ted? It was, well, this guy gets, you know, if you sneeze or maybe say his name too loud, he'll fall over because he's, you know, he's, he's, he's too frail. Well, now this year he runs for, what, 1,500-ish yards, and he's dragging tacklers. He's, he's running over guys. I mean, complete transformation of his game entirely. So you can look at some and, – and you look at a guy like Gavin Sawchuk. Gavin Sawchuk, when he arrived, everybody said, you know, he's he's kind of slight. He's got the uh, – you know, he's got the, the, the speed that like crazy, but he's a little slight. Well, you see him in the bowl game. And I don't think he, I don't think he started all of a sudden running through dudes because he was eating his Wheaties all season. Um, he might have been, but I, th- I think you can look at individual situations. But I do agree, the discipline of the team, you know, that's in your strength and conditioning program, and that was just flat out way below the standard. So um, every penalty was a backbreaker. You, if you just do the Florida State game, man, it's. I mean, first down, done, first down, done, touchdown, done. I mean, it just back-breaking penalties. And then you go on the defensive side of the ball, it's on third down. It's on fourth down, you know, you're committing these penalties. You're extending drives when you don't need to be. So, yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's got to make an improvement. There's no doubt. Yeah, uh, I saw someone text that Kazadi is the guy at TCU. And, yeah, he did really good things at – at Baylor, um, also at SMU, and um, yeah, he's he's done a really good job. Uh, he is a name that is in high, high, high demand, and he's he's one of those guys that's also incredibly demanding. Um, a psycho, right? A psycho, a strength and conditioning, which is kind of what you need. So yeah, I I. Um, the the discipline of the football team was a disappointment this year. I right now I'm pointing the finger at inexperience for that. We'll see. Um, I think in year one, Coach Smith, as far as strength and size and the look of the football team, I think he definitely had a big impact. We'll see if they crank it up on these guys and. And really, uh, really start to hone in on the on the discipline of the football team because that's that's got to be a big key point of change for us next year. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Stay tuned. Rush is back. Couple of segments left. We're doing the same thing tomorrow. Connor, Travis, and myself for four hours 
Oh, it's going to be brutal on you listeners. I don't know how you're dealing with it. Actually, you guys have been great. Text line's been awesome. 651-3439. Travis sent me a text message and said, I'll let you address that, Doug, uh, if tweet if you want or text if you want. Um, well, let's see. Are you guys kidding? We were pushed around like little girls. We had a losing season, and a good part of that was a lack of strength and conditioning. Stop with the adoration of Schmitty. Um, I don't know that we were pushed around. Uh, I think our I think our offensive line was was adequate. Um, not where it needs to be. In no way am I suggesting it's where it needs to be. I think our defensive line was. Uh, I think our interior defensive line was 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 solid. I think we our our problem on the defensive line was lack of discipline on the edges, and um, our main problem overall defensively was tackling. I mean, it, it, when you have unblocked guys whiffing on tackles, that's not a scheme issue, and that's not a getting pushed around issue. That is a awful tackling issue, and that absolutely has to be addressed. Discipline and tackling absolutely has to be addressed. I don't know that we got pushed around like little girls, as, as Doug suggests, our our backup offensive line ran for 250 yards against the top 15 defense in Florida State who um has at least one first rounder on there and the strength of that defense was their defensive line i don't think that's getting pushed around like we didn't lose the game against Florida State because we got pushed around we lost the game against Florida State because we turned the ball over late in the game whenever we were going in. We had a touchdown called back, and on defense, we missed a bunch of open tackles and got beat on some deep balls by a 6'7 wide receiver. I, I, we didn't lose to Florida State because we got pushed around. I think that's, a, I think that's an oversimplification of – of what's going on and to you you gotta you gotta point the blame somewhere, Doug. You can't I mean, I know that everyone has their hand in it, but you can't point at at Smitty and say that it's 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 the strength and conditioning program's fault. Um you can't point at the offensive and defensive line and say we got pushed around. I mean, I will agree that everything needs to be better, but I, I, our problem, I guess at least in my opinion, and some other people may view it differently, was was not that we were getting pushed around like like little girls. It's that we missed wide open layups offensively and defensively the entire year. Dropped deep balls, touchdowns called back because of penalty. Uh, you know, wide open tackles totally whiffed. I mean, those were our issues. Missed field goals. Like, 
I felt like that was the the main problem. Not that we were outgunned, outmanned physically by anyone. I didn't I didn't see that. I mean, I saw it in at times. You know, I, I think every everyone at times is going to get blown off the ball on a on a short yardage play or or whatever. Like you you don't you don't have it on on that down or that drive necessarily. There were some drives like that. I'm not suggesting that we were the most physical team in the conference. We need to be. All right, we need to get better there, but I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's um correct to say that it was horrible and they should all be fired. Which I know that's what you want. Right? And I get it. Like some people that's that's how they respond. They respond to everything by trying to find the problem with it. And I get that. There's some people there's some people that are like that. And that's that's the language they speak. And Doug speaks that language, and I'm not I'm not saying that that's that's anything that is um, unusual. That stuff happens. Um, yeah, so I I don't I don't point that that back at Schmitty. Now I do say that discipline, and I think strength and conditioning has a major hand in discipline. Absolutely has to get better, and we always got to get bigger, faster, stronger. But I don't know. There's there are so there was enough things that went wrong that like I'm I, pointing to the strength and conditioning program is is not the the thing that I'm doing. I guess others can do that, but I'm just saying if you make the wide open tackles, you make the wide open deep ball catches that hit you in the hands, you don't have needless penalties that get touchdowns called back and you make field goals that you're capable of making, and we'd be singing a totally different tune about this season. right? But frankly, i got to tell you, in hindsight, looking at it, I'm glad a lot of those things happened. I'm glad, in hindsight, that we got a bit of a reset here because you can pour more attention and focus into some of the things that have been hanging around there that you've been getting by with. So... Right. That's how and I'd I, respond to it. Yeah, and I think that, I don't know, it, it's not the situation where, okay, Georgia and TCU are in the national title, right? So it can't just it, it can't just automatically be assumed that those are your two best strength and conditioning programs in the country. They might be, but that's not why they're there. So in that same vein, you can't say, well, we had a losing season. That must mean our strength and conditioning is is bad. You know, there, is are, horrible. There, are, there are so many other factors that go into the game, and obviously you addressed a ton of them. But, again, you can pick out individual performances, uh, individual growth, everything like that. and Or you can look at our last guy, um, and uh, you can read all the tweets during the Cotton Bowl of national writers saying, geez, USC, get in the weight room. What are you doing? You know, yeah. that's what we did have, and that's what we're having to recover from, right, to your point. Uh, you know, you're taking and it all doesn't happen over things. overnight. You know, it, it no, it all doesn't happen overnight. But right, but, but not to brush anything under the rug. I, I think a lot of things have to improve. I mean, I think everybody can agree with that. A lot of things have to improve. Well, yeah, I can't find one thing that doesn't need to improve. Right, correct. And that's um, 
I can give you a list of things that need to need to improve. Quarterback play needs to improve. Uh, running back pass protection needs to improve. Uh, offensive line physicality off the ball needs to improve, and I think some of that may be, um, you know, in the scheme and kind of how they're running things. And I think they may address some of that. Uh, wide receivers getting off of bump and run and uh, being able to separate from defensive backs needs to improve. I think some of our, you know, our uh, mid-level intermediate passing game um, schemes need to improve. Um, I think defensively, tackling absolutely has to improve. I think the edges of our defense have to become smarter, more dependable players, and we got to get more athletic there. We got to get faster there, and I think we've addressed some of those things, but it's still something that needs to improve. Um, at backer, our vision, our communication, our understanding of the defense and of uh, the opponent offense has to improve. Our depth at backer has to improve. Uh, our special teams has to improve. We got to be able to make kicks. Uh, the discipline overall as a program has to improve. We were dead last in penalties in the conference. Uh, our facilities need to improve. We need to update a ton of things on our campus when it comes to our football program. That needs to improve. I can go on and on and on. Everything needs to improve. So I, it's, it's hard to single out just one thing to lay the blame on. Uh, and it depends like what you're talking about. Like I said, we would have had a much better record this year, prob- easily, easily could have won four more games. And that is by catching wide open deep balls that hit us in the hands, kicking field goals between the uprights, and not getting uh, touchdowns called back, and not whiffing constantly whenever we're unblocked on defense. Like If you just improve those things, which in my opinion are layups, then you probably win four more games. That doesn't get us to a championship, though, in my opinion. Um, so I'm kind of glad that we had all of our stuff exposed right out in front of everyone and then had our face shoved in the mud because it resets the entire program, and I think we were due for that. But that's just me. Uh, um, and uh, that rant is brought to you by a commitment, <laughs> Teddy. Caleb yeah. Schaefer committed from Miami of Ohio, offensive lineman. While we were uh, while we're on air, we're just breaking news left and right, man. Six five, three hundred and thirty three pounds, offensive guard from Miami of Ohio. I feel like is this have they been? Um, is this a guy that they've been talking about for a while? Uh, not sure. Uh, I, I guess I would have to know the they, but I haven't heard a lot of people talking about him. You kind of heard his name brought up a little bit. Um, as a guy who, if he entered the portal, they might identify as a target. But, I mean, he's he started the final seven games of 2019. He started all three of their games in the COVID year, started in all 2021 20, games. I mean, he, this guy has a ton, an absolute ton of starts under his belt. 
Academic th- all Mac. Uh, I think this yeah. is a guy that, uh, if I remember, I think this is a guy that Coach Venables was telling me about a long time ago uh, that they had looked at and liked. But I may be thinking of someone else. I'll have to Beedon look Bo, into him. Beedenbow looks uh, fantastic in uh, the commitment photo, <laughs> nice. as he always does. Nice. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap things up next. Stay tuned. All right, folks, that's it for us, man. It was a fun day. Again, you guys killed it on the text line. We hit bands. We hit favorite paintings. We hit offense. We hit defense. We laughed at Michigan. Uh, We laughed at Texas A&M. Let's do it again tomorrow. That's it for us. Uh, We appreciate you guys. You drive the show. We're just along for the ride. Thank you to Pacifico. Let's all go have an ice cold one and celebrate.